Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat learning session with TBA rabbinic intern Ben Siegel. This week's parsha, as we just read, is Kitisa. Um, there's a lot of great things in there. Um, Lots that the rabbis here and around the world and of the Talmud talk about. Um, I'm going to focus on something that I think we can sometimes overlook because of the repetition of it in our lives. Um, so actually, I'm going to bring one of these out so that if people want, feel comfortable speaking into a microphone when they respond, there's a microphone out and about and we can pass it around. But um, feel free to grab the mic if you feel comfortable doing so um, throughout the uh, learning session. Um, Is there some, um, for the sake of those on Zoom, though, I'm going to at least read the the text. And um, although we normally, normally I would just read it in English, um, I'm going to read it in Hebrew because it will probably sound familiar. Um, Actually, maybe I will even sing it. Bisham Eruvene Israel et Hashabat La Sot et Hashabat Le Dorotam Berito La Mayai Beni Uvein Bene Israel O Tile so first of all, just a raise of hands. I'm curious. Who realized that this is, as we say it like throughout Chavez, who realized that this is actually sourced from Torah and not just like a part of our liturgy? Yeah. So like we say it constantly, it comes from Torah. Um, when, when do people think about this verse as we like sing it throughout Shabbat? Kiddush. Yeah. Yeah. Typically Kiddush for Shabbat lunch. Kiddush for Shabbat. Kiddush for Shabbat lunch. We say it at least one more time. It's in the Amidah. It's in, um, the uh, Shabbat Ma'ariv. Uh, right, we say it right before the Amidah. It, it's like it has become a part of like, right, evening, Shabbos, evening Shabbos, like every single part of Shabbat, this text is the one that we turn to. Um, does anything stand out to you about, I'll read it in the English and then um, we'll go into it, but the Israelite people shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout the ages as a covenant for all time. It shall be a sign for all time between me and the people of Israel. For in six days, Adonai made heaven and earth. And on the seventh day, God ceased from work and was refreshed. Does anything stand out about this to anyone? All time is twice. All time is mentioned twice within it. So this is like, there's got to be something there. Why are we mentioning all time twice if all time should be pretty um, indicative of the fact that we're talking about forever? Why say forever twice, essentially? Other thoughts? Yeah, Joey? Probably for emphasis. 
for well for emphasis that's one way of doing it and other thoughts about like what stands out about this passage that that shabbat is like the center point of the week is that what you're yeah that there's something here about like shabbat as being the focal point of the week not sunday or monday in our culture shabbat is what the week centers around yeah um, uh, the word by yafash is what jumps out to me because I spend a whole lot of time teaching my fourth and fifth and sixth grade students when we read Rashid Karakalif, right? Um, was God tired? Did God need like a hammock and a lemonade and said, don't bother me for 24 hours? No, right? But by spoken, you know, ceased from working, not, you know, rested. And yet, you know, here, next book of Bible, we get How much? Yafash. So Michael's bringing up this idea of Vayina Fash that um, God was refreshed. How much reading ahead did you do? None? None, none. Okay, so that's one of the things that we're going to go into. Um, but uh, before we go into it, um, I, I just want to throw a question out there. Um, why do you think it is that this portion of Torah that talks about Shabbat is the one that we tend to refer to more than... Like, there are other parts of... Sh- other passages of Torah that mention Shabbat that do make its way into our liturgy, but this is the one that makes it again and again and again. What is, do you think there's any reason for that? Or, and I'm not saying that I necessarily have an answer for this either. I'm just, it's one of those things that stands out to me. Yeah. So this is one of those texts um, that talks about Shabbat and creation, which is really where Shabbat starts, right? But every other text or at least most other texts that come to mind um, that talk about Shabbat, talk about Shabbat and its relationship to Egypt. And it's a very different relationship for us to talk about Shabbat in the context of creation in its original context than Shabbat in the context of us as the Jewish people celebrating Shabbat post-Egypt. Yes. Um, in terms of relationship, right, it's, it's also that if the creation story Shabbat is fundamentally about God, and then the Ten Commandments, um, the, the you know Shabbat is about what we are supposed to do and not supposed to do, maybe as you know imitation of God. This is a text that talks about Shabbat as a as a sign of a relationship between God and us. So it's Shabbat as like a as a, right it, as a. Uh, actually, I don't, yeah, Ot Hi Le'olam, that it's Shabbat as a sign of the relationship between us and God, as opposed to Shabbat as um, a sign of our faithfulness to God, um, as as we observe it with the mitzvot in the Aserati Brod in the Ten Commandments. Great. So, um, Great thoughts. I want to transition, though, into talking about Vayinafash, which is going to take us on a journey of Shabbat from beginning to end um, and will eventually take us into, as the title alluded to, Havdalah and hopefully take us um, ourselves into Ma'ariv and then Havdalah with a little bit more intention this week than we otherwise um, have on a week-to-week basis. So um, Sforno, who is a uh, Spanish commentator in the, I want to say, 13th century, um, 13th, 14th century, um, says on this word, Vayinafash, this is why the seventh day is devoted to the nefesh, to the spirit, 
resulting in God giving Jews an additional soul for use on that day. This additional soul assists us in concentrating on the spiritual dimension of the day. When humankind was created, God made us in God's image, i.e. first and foremost concerned with spiritual concerns. The extra soul granted um, to us on the Sabbath is to help us live up to that vision that God had had of man when God created us. And um, this this um, commentary is um, speaking, is referring to a text from Beitza that we're um, from the Talmud that we're going to look at in a second. But first, um, before we look at that original text, I want to just ask, according to Sforno, what, what like base level, why do we get an extra soul on Shabbat? Why, why is it that there's this understanding in Judaism that we have an extra soul that enters our body on Shabbat um, only for Shabbat? Why, according to Sforno, do we get that extra soul? A double portion. That, so that's one idea, but I don't know that that's yeah. exactly what Sforno is getting at. What What is his, like, his very simple understanding, at least, of this, which is not a simple thing at all, mind you? Connection. Connection. It, it's on that verge. Great. Always great to have a ringer. Um, <laughs> yeah, Shabbat, um, for those who don't know, Malachi is um, one of my... Um, one of my colleagues at Ziegler, among many other things. Um, so um, yes, it's this idea that um, that God has granted us a second soul because Shabbat is supposed to be this spiritual experience and our bodies on a day-to-day level can only engage in so much spirituality with one soul. So we need the second one to really engage with all the spirituality of Shabbat, that uh, we can't do Shabbat properly if we were to do it with just one soul we need both souls and so what are we supposed to use our extra soul to do on shabbat and this is more this isn't necessarily in the text but as you think of like the spiritual concerns of shabbat what jumps to mind right so what are you doing with that extra umph of the extra soul on shabbat trying to connect it right so Maybe I'm not phrasing the question clearly enough. How are you trying to connect to God that is Shabbat specific? Yeah. Well, God is making such an emphasis on keeping Shabbat from the Ten Commandments to numerous mentions in the Torah. He wants, uh, not only does he want to have a relationship and vice versa, but if we're created selling the team, in the image of God, and God is deferring from his acts of monocode of creative acts, then how do we do so by also deferring of our monocodes, 39 monocodes, at the same time, that's just one aspect of the nefesh, but then learning Torah, Torah from like an Ashama perspective, and then with being part of a community where it elevates our tefillah in a, in a ritualistic and a sense of ruach. Great. So there's all the things that we refrain from doing on Shabbat, which connects us to God, just as God refrained from doing things on Shabbat. So too, we refrain from it. And that's a spiritual dimension of Shabbat. You also mentioned prayer. Prayer is another one of those ways that we connect. And then um, I think you were kind of alluding to all the things that we actively do on Shabbat as well, right? We have these wonderful meals. Um, 
Suda Shlishit, um, but also like a Shabbos dinner with friends and we sing and we have um, like we there's a some people have a tradition of saving the best food for Shabbat that they go throughout the week every day picking one thing. Um, granted, this was this is a dates back to the rabbis and this was a practice in which people would go to the market on a daily basis because they didn't have supermarkets and they didn't have shelf stable food. Um, but they would go every single day to the market and every day they would find one thing that they could keep for the week that would keep for the week that they could keep for Shabbos so that every single day they were thinking about Shabbat. It was a spiritual practice for the day, but then it also made their Shabbos observance so much greater because now that you have at least six other things that have been specifically curated for a Shabbat meal, right? We have um, just the very act of getting together on Shabbat. We have the rest. We have all of these different things that we actively do in addition to the things that we um, refrain from in order to make Shabbat this, um, this wonderful observance. So um, I, I kind of, I'll be honest, I forgot that there was a question on the next page. Um, and I um, spoiled it for you, but I'm curious, like, how do you use, I, I threw a lot of ideas out there, but how do you in particular use your extra soul on Shabbat? What do you do that makes Shabbat special to you? The things about Shabbat that we take for granted, too. In, I know you're saying it as things that you're not remembering, but it is like those things of Shabbat that we like, we can take for granted to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. So all the things that you do that help to separate it by not doing those things. Um, you were, I was going to say one that's actually rabbinic is conducting business. Taking a break from work and actually like... Uh, I'm not spending money. Yeah, not spending money. Sitting in Shabbat as this separate day. Yeah. Uh, this comes from my wife's <coughs> family. It's not mine, but um, the um, row of um, eye-level cereal in the supermarket when one is, say, under the age of 10 uh, um, were, were referred to um, in my wife's family as Shabbat cereal uh, um, so that... Um, they, they didn't grow up thinking of Shabbat as a list of things that their other friends could do that they could not do. But, you know, the, the Fruit Loops, Frosted Flakes section of the world, right? Cheerios six days a week, but, you know, Fruit Loops on the seventh yeah. day. And part of the extra soul, therefore, was, you know, you know that weirdly colored milk in your cereal. Yeah, like having those foods that you only have on Shabbos. Um, I know for me there are two, two Shabbos observances that come to mind. Uh, one of them is that I will have just straight out dessert for breakfast on Shabbos. Like I'm not even pretending that it, sometimes it's donuts, but sometimes it's literally just brownies or cookies or something like that, that goes, something that goes well with a good cup of coffee. Um, that's, yeah, it, it's well, I still can, at least I'm doing it. Um, but, uh, one of the other things is that I have, um, and actually you, can see it. This is a kippah that I only wear on Shabbat. And this is a talit that I only wear on, well, I shouldn't, I should say Shabbat and Chagim. So it'll come out on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot and things like that. But this isn't something, these are two things that I only wear for those holidays. Um, 
and not during the week to make them special, to make it something that I look forward to and something that feels different for me in a very physical way as well. Yeah. 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 Same. But so a different watch as well. Yeah, exactly. And right. I think also just this idea of like the Heschel insight, an oasis in time, it's not just time, but also space and matter, right? It's like you treat your time differently. And I was telling my daughter this last night, it's like she was stressing out about next week already. I was like, Bella, like Shabbat now, like we can just be present and not worry about the future and not worry about the past and just be present, right? And not worry about having to do anything with school or work and just like just be present in your space and not have to worry about changing things around, you know? Yeah, yeah. just being present in time as well, right? One of the understandings of Shabbat is that that I remember from um, when I was on a gap year in Israel, our program director reminded us whenever we were about to go on a trip, either immediately following Shabbat um, or like Sunday morning was you need to be packed before Shabbat because even though technically the actions that are involved in packing are not a prohibition of Shabbat, you are still involved in, um, you're breaking that, feeling of Shabbat and therefore it's prohibited in that way. The idea of like really being able to sit in Shabbat is important. Um, so I want to, for the sake of time, transition into this text that Sforno is referring to, which comes to us from the Talmud um, in Tractate Beitza, um, as Rabbi Shimon ben, and this is where he's sourcing his idea from. As Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish said, The Holy One, uh, blessed be God, gives a person an additional soul on Shabbat Eve, and at the conclusion of Shabbat, removes it from him. As it is stated, God ceased from work and was refreshed, right? This is um, what we saw in um, the Shamru, Shabbat Vayinafash. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, Reish Lakish, expounds on this verse um, as follows. Since one ceased from work, and now Shabbat has concluded, and his additional soul is removed from him, Woe, vi, for the additional soul, nefesh, that is lost. Um, so this is where this idea comes from in Jewish thought. Um, it may be sourced earlier, but this is like where it then starts finding its way into, among other things, um, Jewish ritual and Jewish law. So the um, is anyone familiar with um, this idea of why we bless on spices, for, um, on for Havdalah. There's like a, there's an idea that gets, um, that we're going to dive into into a second, in a second, about why it is that the spices are a part of um, Havdalah, right? There's an idea for, so we need to say the last blessing of Havdalah to separate Shabbat from, um, from the rest of the week. We say the first blessing over wine because among many other reasons, we say basically everything over wine that's ritual that is going to involve objects. Um, there's an idea that we say the um, one of multiple ideas as to why we use the candles um, is so that we can we look at it in our fingernails. And that reminds us, according to one Midrash, of Adam, um, Adama Rishon, who was created in a kind of exoskeleton of fingernails. Um, so it again, bring it's a weird Midrash will Bring in, maybe I'll bring it in some other day, but that reminds us of creation. Um, but then um, there's this question of why spices. 
and and candles are also like a very normal part of Jewish ritual as well, right? We we go in with candles and we go out with candles. There are all these different ideas, but then spices are like this weird thing that we don't do as a part of really any other ritual. And so um, the tour, um, which is one of the codes of Jewish law, um, says, um, and one blesses on the spices if one has them. And if one doesn't have one, one doesn't have to, which is an interesting aside that if you're doing Abdullah and you don't have spices, just move on. Um, as the only reason we bless on them, the spices, is to return the soul, which is in pain from the departure of Shabbat. So, so what is this text getting at? Why are we using the spices at the end of Shabbat? Compensation. Compensation. There, there's this idea that um, is really interesting that our soul doesn't want to leave our body. Our, our neshama yatera, our extra soul, doesn't want to leave our body at the end of Shabbat. It's found its home. It's not ready to go six days being separated from us. And so we have to literally like drag it out. And the only way to drag it out is with something pleasant, like the smell of spices. And that is what can separate our our extra soul from us on Shabbat so that we can go into the week as God intended us to go into the week with one soul ready to go through the week and come back next Shabbos, having that soul enter into us and enjoy Shabbos once again. So um, as we're um, start to wrap up, I, I want to bless us all that um, our, our, first of all, that we are able to sit in appreciation of our extra soul next Shabbos, um, that we are able to um, part with it maybe a little bit easier this Shabbos, knowing it's coming back, and that um, those spices that really bring, that bring our soul out of us also enliven us for the week to come. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.